And if you haven't been going for regular checkups, if you don't have good healthy habits, and if you haven't been going for regular screenings, now's the time to get started. And here's why that's so important. This is a time when the risk for chronic diseases like diabetes and heart disease and osteoporosis increase really significantly. And if you just took osteoporosis, for example, osteoporosis, because of a loss of estrogen, women start to lose bone very quickly. About half of the women over 50 will actually suffer a fracture mm -hmm. of their hip, their spine, or their wrist. Absolutely. Half. Mm -hmm. So this is a really good time for women, if they don't know what shape their bones are in, to have a bone mineral density test to check and see. Welcome to another episode of Period Sis, brought to you by none other than the official box owner. This episode has me really excited because yes, we have another doctor in the house. That is right, guys. It is another tale of womanhood for women by women. We are joined today by Dr. Ebony, who practices in seven states. She is a board certified obstetrician and gynecologist, author, and a presidential award recipient under the Obama administration, which is the only president we acknowledge. Hello, Dr. Ebony, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, thank you. That was quite the introduction. Hey, hey, you know, I, normally I come in here and I don't have, um, A, we don't talk to many doctors. I really like to focus on the journey that women experience and a lot of them don't have very good experiences with doctors or in the mm -hmm. hospital. Um, and also so many women that are treated and diagnosed with the same things, their experiences are night and day. So I really like to show how many people can be experiencing or have the same exact diagnosis and go about it differently in, in, in terms of their journey. Um, well, I'm excited about interviewing and speaking with you today. And I would love to, before we start our conversation, can you let me know what led to you being in the field and wanting to... Yeah. Uh, be a, a gynecologist? So actually, I decided at age 14 that I wanted to be an OBGYN. Yeah, yeah. And I at never 14. lost, absolutely, <laughs> never lost track. And it was really because I had two significant events that uh, took place in my life. One, my younger sister uh, was born. Uh, so I watched my stepmom, I watched her body change, you know, uh -huh. and this person who never even existed, now she's on this earth. So that really had such an impact on me, you know, and I'm, I come from a big family. I love everything that, you know, families entail, you know, even the drama aspect of things. And so to have this new person and to watch my stepmom's body change really, really, really affected me. Secondly, my grandmother, my dad's mother had 14 kids. And so her body, to watch her health actually decline and to watch my aunts take care of her um, my dad ended up moving her into the house. We own two homes right next to each other. He moved her into the house next door to us that we actually grew up in when we were younger. And um, he got everything set up from a health standpoint, everything that she needed. And my aunt would take turns coming to take care of her. Wow. So all of this happened around age 14. So to watch this being, this amazing woman who had given life to all of these other beings, to watch her body take a decline from, you know, just stressors, uh, strokes, diabetes, yep. that kind of thing. And then to watch on the other end, my stepmother to, to see her bring life, you know, um, not that I was in the delivery room, but to, to <laughs> right. see that aspect, 
that's what it had such an impact on me. And I said, you know what? I want to be an OBGYN, you know, um, and obviously Dr. Huxtable, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had a practice in his basement. I mean, come on, who wanted, wouldn't want to do that? Right. That's amazing at 14 to, to want to do that. I'm still someone who just hates seeing blood. I have a problem with my own period every month. So <laughs> I definitely didn't want to get into the medical field. Um, but my mother is. And so, you know, really speaking to women who are just really focused on being in there and really making a difference. I really love to hear that. Now, one of the conversations that I'm going to have with you, by the way, guys, this is going to be a part two, because of course I have to get all of the information I possibly can. We are going to be talking about sex pre and post menopause. Um, one of the things that I spoke about with Dr. Ebony in pre-production was the fact that this conversation is not only for the older women that are possibly listening to this. Um, a really good friend of mine, as you guys know on the show, uh, battled with breast cancer and had to go through chemo, went through freezing her eggs and everything because she now also has five years of hormonal therapy. And there has been a conversation regarding her being in menopause at 35 years old um, because of the chemo treatments and hormonal therapy. So let's talk about sex pre-menopause, uh, Dr. Ebony, what kind of things can a woman expect in terms of her body changing? What signs should, be, should she be aware of? Is it just the fall off of a period? Let's talk about that. Right. So no, so it's not, menopause doesn't necessarily just include the fact that you're not going to be lubricated, you know, <laughs> or you're going to uh, have hot flashes, right? Estrogen plays a huge, huge, huge role in our body, so many different things, you know, whether it's the way that our skin looks, um, the way that our hair looks, all of estrogen plays a huge role in things mm. outside of our, our, our cycle. So I wanted to make sure that people know that. And also the definition of menopause is essentially a year with no cycles. So there's an area around, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's an area around a time around a menopause called the perimenopausal period, where your periods will start to fluctuate right? You may go a couple months without a period. You may go um, maybe even three months, four months without a cycle. Sometimes it may be longer. Sometimes it may be shorter. So a lot of people will experience different changes in the cycle itself. Um, so not just, hey, I haven't had a cycle in three months. I'm in menopause. No, it's a year, a complete year of no cycle. And also there'll be some changes. In addition to that, people will start to experience vaginal dryness. Sometimes mm. people will actually, yeah, which is a, a huge concern. Another concern that people will say is mood swings. Like, I'm just so moody. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I, one minute I'm up, one minute I'm down. Um, they may even see increase in bladder infections as well. Decrease in estrogen will lead to more bladder infections. Absolutely. In addition to that, you know, hair. Sometimes people will shed hair as well. Now, Dr. Ebony, let me ask you, because this is a natural state that women experience. However, mm -hmm. when I had the depot shot, I didn't have a period for a year. Would that right. classify me as have been, be, <laughs> been in menopause because I didn't have a period no. for a year? Because I did also no. have mood swings. Everything you just <laughs> said. <laughs> That's so funny. So, no, so menopause no. then is the natural state that we reach because Correct. of our biological clock or again, if we're forced on it through through some sort of, of medical medication, exactly. such as chemo, uh, forcing mm -hmm. it in. So, so it's, it's not necessarily 
in that particular instance, it's not necessarily menopause, it's more so the succession of periods secondary to a medication, right? So not necessarily the case. And then there are other external factors that may cause our cycles to, you know, go months without having one. One, we lose a ton of weight. That's in a time when people will see, you know, no period at all. And it's essentially because fat stores estrogen, mm. right? And so it, so that's one of the additional places that we actually get estrogen is fat stores outside of, you know, obviously the ovaries. And so you'll see that women, when they lose a lot of weight, so you'll hear gymnasts, swimmers, people that have low body fat, their periods will dissipate many times. And it's simply because they don't have those estrogen stores that a lot of people with more fat. In addition to that, there's a lot of things that uh, happen to the brain that stops us from secreting the things that stimulate estrogen to be released. Wow. That I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I want to get into menopause just to lose weight now, but no, <laughs> don't mind. I know. Don't mind me. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about sex. Then I know you said, um, women will experience um, drying up, which I am a super advocate of lube at 31 years old. So okay. <laughs> I, I'm here for ladies, bring the lube in the bedroom. What mm-hmm. other things can a woman experience? Will their, will their sexual libido drop? Will they not be aroused the same? Can they expect maybe uh, tenderness or soreness or things to happen mm-hmm. with their breasts during menopause? And how mm-hmm. does that affect them during sex? Let's talk about what other things we can experience outside of vaginal dryness like what else is affected with 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 sex right so in addition to vaginal dryness people will actually have decreased vaginal tone uh and muscle elasticity yes ma'am absolutely okay so what what does that mean though so so essentially you know you tighten your your vaginal muscles yes kegels um, essentially you will not be able to have that same tone that you will, that you would have pre-menopausal, post-menopausal, you won't have that same tone. You have the potential to lose it, I should say. So no different than, you know, you going to the gym, lifting muscles, you're starting to see, you know, tone in your, in your arms or in your legs or what have you. And then when you don't necessarily go to stimulate those, those muscles, then you start to lose tone. Well, it's essentially consider estrogen to be that weight right? That you're lifting, the dumbbell that you're lifting. And so if you don't have that estrogen or your dumbbell, then you're going to eventually lose that tone. So estrogen is what's leading to elasticity and the most is no different than the skin, right? We talked about that a little bit earlier, how estrogen helps improve the look of your skin. And so when you have decreased estrogen, you get that lax skin, uh, things are not as tight. And so, um, it makes, it plays a difference. I don't want it no more. I don't want it no more. So <laughs> you don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it no more. So if, if, if I'm a woman who's going through menopause and now I'm postmenopausal, will my partner notice the difference then in my vagina while we're having sex? And is that something yeah. that I should warn him that's going to happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, no. you know what, I'm, that, that it's a great, it's a great statement um, because guys will tell you, you know, especially if they do loves you, like, they're going to be very, very honest and say, Hey, sis, like um, about last night. So it's a good conversation to have. Um, and I've always been huge on when a person comes to me for their healthcare, it's a team approach. And I'll tell you, for example, if I'm going to operate on you, bring your family, the same thing to have this conversation with a man. So I'm okay with you bringing a significant other. And if it's an uncomfortable conversation for you to have, 
let me have it with them, you right. know? And so we can talk about that because you'll, you, what you'll see is that, and what I have seen is that when a man is educated on things, then they're more understanding, they're more loving as well to say, okay, I have an understanding of, of what you're going through. I have an understanding whether it's childbirth, uh, whether it's bacterial vaginosis, when, you know, you even explain to them that bacterial vaginosis is not like a lack of, you know, hygiene, it's Hyg more yep. so a change in, in imbalance, right? So when you educate these men on certain things, like, you know, hey, this is what I'm experiencing, they're in it. Like these guys are, you know, they're more, more focused on it than the women. I have sometimes men asking more questions and the, and the wife is like, you know, just kind of simmer down to a significant other. Uh, but they're asking the great questions and I love a team approach. So if you're uncomfortable having that conversation, you know, take them to your significant other into the doctor with you to have that conversation and it will bring you guys closer and it will actually help in the bedroom because what you'll see is that a lot of times we're not just dry because of estrogen. We're dry because there's no foreplay. You went right to it. Like that part too. Or something. Like take me to dinner, you know? <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, touching on nipples a little bit, you know, stimulate me. So a lot of times vaginal dryness will be in relationship to the fact that you didn't, you know, like you didn't put come in a different manner, you, you know, put, put more effort into it, you know? Now, so Dr. Um, Ebony, people don't I, know that. I don't know if you know how ass open I am, literally. That's why this <laughs> I know next, you're very open. Listen, that's why this next question is coming at you. If I'm in menopause and you're saying that the, that the estrogen levels being lowered are now going to affect potentially the tightness of my vaginal walls, is it going mm -hmm. to do the same to my ass? And if so, then when I'm older, is that when I should try anal sex if I never had before? Because it'll be looser. <laughs> oh, Larry, I never thought about it that way, but hmm, you might be right. But don't, listen, don't, don't, don't tell nobody I told you to do that. <laughs> if it doesn't go well, I don't want to be responsible. But, you know, also there are different types of what we call mucosal membranes, right? Yes. And so... Um, the rectum is not necessarily the same mucosal membrane and have the same elasticity as say the mm. vagina. And we're not just saying that the, the, the vagina is gonna be just a big loose, you know, thing. You'll just notice a subtle difference, right? So it's not some, it's some things that may not necessarily be very significant. When you do see a significance in how the vagina is when you're menopausal versus how you were post or premenopausal, it has more factors that are that you should consider outside of just estrogen so sometimes it has to do with the number of babies that a person has had sometimes it has to do with genetics sometimes it has to do with the size of the baby that you know someone has had and also the type of work that a person does for a living for example if i'm a construction worker if i'm someone who does a lot of heavy lifting as a woman then my elasticity and my muscles will actually be more weak as opposed to someone that's like uh -huh. had smaller baby, someone who did desk work or actually didn't have to do heavy living, lifting um, for work. These all play a factor. So not just estrogen. So with estrogen alone, you'll see a subtle difference. But when you have confounding factors like heavy lifting, number of babies, you know, difficulty, um, the, the significant if you had a significant vaginal tear when you um, delivered a baby, these all play you know, a role in elasticity, not just estrogen. So with estrogen, it's more so uh, a subtle difference. But when you confound other factors, when you add confounding factors, then that's a little bit different. So 
I always like to look for solutions. And though some, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, even something with menopause, once we reach it, we're there for the rest of our, our lives. If we have fibroids, fibroids even, uh, I just did an episode, after the removal, they may still come back. There's so many things mm-hmm. that unfortunately we have to deal with for, for our lifetimes. And menopause, mm-hmm. once we reach that phase, that is one. So let's talk about solutions. Are there estrogen pills? Are there shots? Are there patches? What things can I take to potentially assist with my wetness outside of lube? Is there something mm-hmm. I should take daily? What vitamins would you recommend if I'm postmenopausal? Let's talk about those things. So that's a, that's a very great question, right? Because what people need to understand is that vaginal dryness is just one sign of menopause, right? Yes. So if we're talking about hot flashes, if we're talking about, you know, mood, these are different signs. So yes. let's say that your significant sign is vaginal dryness. That's what you're experiencing. Um, also, there are other factors that when we talk about what I want to treat you with as a, as a patient, I have to assess your history. So if you're someone who doesn't have a history of, you know, breast cancer, uterine cancer in your family, um, someone who doesn't have a history of blood clots, then hormonal therapy is is an option for you, right? But that's more of a systemic approach. So if someone comes to me and is menopausal and they say to me, doc, my only issue is that I have vaginal dryness, then I may not just jump to estrogen systemic estrogen, right? I'm going to treat you locally because I want to decrease your risk of developing any type of uterine or breast cancer in the future or even blood clot. So if you're saying vaginal dryness and it's not that bad, (laughs) we talk about this when um, I'm medical director for a a dispensary. And so when we talk about dosing cannabis, yeah, we talk about dosing cannabis, I say start low and go slow. So I do the same thing when it, as it pertains to menopause, I say, we're going to start low. And so the first thing we're going to do is let's try lube. If vaginal dryness is your issue, let's just try lube. I don't want to, you know, just throw some medication at you. Let's try right. those things. Let's, let's try more stimulation. Let's try breast stimulation. Let's try more foreplay. Um, you know, let's try even the dating process will, will go a long way. The next thing is increase water. People have no idea how water changes yes. your life. See, I it see, does. I see. I got I, money right I, here. I drink water with my coffee. There water, we go. I love it. Too, so. <laughs> okay. water, I'm a, water. I'm a, I'm a club soda kind of kind of gal. So yeah, just yes. let out water. Water will change your life and it will okay. help to lubricate the vagina. So um, lube uh, and old school was Crisco. They, old school back in the day, they used to use Crisco. Yes. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't, <laughs> Absolutely. What, Crisco is fat, right? Like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, obviously spit, uh, water-based lubes are obviously options as well. Um, the other thing is that we can use estrogen for the vagina. So there's a primering cream that we use to help lubricate the vagina as well. And that's one of that, those localized treatments that we actually use that are estrogen-based. Can I ask your thoughts on the natural routes to get your vagina wet more like, so Makaru has, Mm -hmm. um, sexual libido heightened elements into it um, absolutely there's other things so are those things as well that you recommend to your patients oh. by any chance okay absolutely I do I do recommend uh, a lot of natural products and like you said um and not everything is going to work for everyone correct in addition to that 
be consistent to see if it actually works. Some people are so quick to give up these natural, you know, uh, solutions. They're so they're very they're very quick to give up. So you want to make sure that you actually take the time and and use it for you know a good two to three weeks to see if it actually you know has an effect for you. So one of the things that my best friend as well as my mom is currently experiencing um, is the hot flashes. I mm-hmm. don't know what. What solution is there for a woman who experiences hot flashes? That's something that I never, I don't know what they do to get out of it. I just know that it comes in waves. So if a woman is coming in and is experiencing an extreme amount of hot flashes, what normally is the remedy or solution for that? So one, some people say dressing layers, that way you can, you know, remove things if necessary. Um, The other one is vitamin E, uh, Ah. primrose oil, yes, or other options for you that are more natural for uh for hot flashes vitamin e i've only really seen as a topical do they have vitamin e in capsules as oh, well yeah. oh yeah okay vitamin yeah. e is something that i use on a lot of my um i had vsg and mm-hmm. post post-op i would put the vitamin e on my scars and it alleviated and helped it from keloid mm-hmm. oh yeah um, yes. as a topical i really recommend vitamin e oh well. vitamin e is amazing for the skin amazing okay. If you had to leave off with a tip to any woman listening that is experiencing not only these symptoms, but maybe approaching menopause, what would it be in terms of their everyday life and in the bedroom? Um, one of the tips that I would say in your everyday life is that understand that a lot of times it plays with the psyche of a woman. Yes. This, every, there, all women are going to go through it. And so it, all women are going to go through it. So be okay with that and know that it's not something that will be life changing. If you let it, you have to make sure that you educate yourself, make sure mm. that you have conversations with, with your physician, um, make sure you do your own research. Right. So like I said, it's, it's a team approach. So this is something that you can absolutely live with. It's not something where it's going to be severe. Um, everyone has different, you know, intensities of menopause and you'll have, you also have different intensities of menopause. You're, personally so you want to educate yourself before you actually get to that point so that you're ready um educate your partner and also know that there are remedies in the bedroom that you don't have to to live just uncomfortably or let this affect your personal life because there are things and then bring your significant other in for for it you know watch videos together even watch videos they don't want to go into the doctor watch videos youtube videos on those on those different aspects telemedicine you can if you don't want to come in you know a lot of people, I personally do telemedicine where you can, you know, get a consult with me um, to, to educate yourselves on it because it is something that once you're educated, you educate your partner, you have an amazing life. If someone's listening, I know a lot of uh, women specifically do seek other Black women as their doctors. So you mentioned mm-hmm. telemedicine. If I live all the way in New York, am I mm-hmm. able to download telemedicine and search you specifically and work with you through that? So you're, you can obviously reach out to me, Dr. EJ at DrEJ.com. That's Dr. Spelled Out. Um, but you can also just Google people in your area if you have a doctor that you're comfortable with. And you'd be shocked. Some doctor's offices actually have a telemedicine aspect uh, to their practice. Mm-hmm. So um, you can definitely consider that. Ask. I always tell people, close mouths. Absolutely do not get fed. Um, but you can obviously reach out to me, you know, for different resources and, and consultation as well. Dr. EJ at DrEJ.com. 
I absolutely love that. Dr. Ebony, thank you so much for joining me today on this conversation regarding menopause. I'm super excited to have another conversation with you and make sure you check out Dr. Ebony's website and that will be in the description of this episode. <laughs>